Amen. Amen. You know, we have got a, a great freedom here in our country that we uh, honor and appreciate, uh, but a greater freedom that we have in Christ. And uh, it is a thrill to be back with you uh, and to be with you for this month. We're gonna, you're going to get sick of me, maybe, but uh, we're going to have a great time together, uh, and so welcome to all of you watching online or those of you here in the room. Um, it, it is a, uh, a real treat to be here. I want you to put on your literary buff, uh, your, your knowledge. I'm going to quote something here, and I want you to tell me where it comes from. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It's the spring of hope. It's the winter of despair. Anyone know? Where's my literary buffs? The readers in the room. Who, who, where's that from? A Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, around the French Revolution, and really a classic piece of literature. But I think he actually just stumbled onto something describing the way that we use our Words. Anyone here ever open mouth, insert foot? Yeah, anyone here ever done that so much like you're flossing with your shoelaces while you're in there? Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is when it comes to our words, uh, we, we struggle at times. It's the best of times sometimes, and it's the worst of times and other times. It's a season of light where you've been maybe speaking inspiration or had it spoken over you, and yet there's moments of darkness, too, where maybe darkness has been spoken at you or over you, and maybe you've been the one who's spoken that over others. So we have kind of this juxtaposed position of both and in that. We can describe our emotions that go with that. And so for this month, what I want to do is actually walk us through the word on words, what is, our, what is the word, what does the scripture have to say about our words and how we are to grow healthy relationships, how we are to use our words in a way to speak life into one another and into ourselves. Uh, and as we kind of navigate through this this month, my hope is at the end of the month, you and I will have less time with foot in mouth and we will floss less with our shoelace and that maybe we'll be on a trajectory where our words actually speak life into people and that our relationships grow to greater depth and greater intimacy and greater power in our life. And so uh, the reality is um, we all have conflict. How many of you have had conflict before? Yeah, that's everybody who's ever been born. Uh, there's couples, uh, they, there's a study in the UK, and the reason you know it's from the UK is they use the word bicker. No one uses that word. Um, it's kind of a fun word. Go ahead and use it if you want. Uh, couples bicker on average 2,455 times a year revealed in this UK study. Well, that may be true. I don't know if that's true for you. I don't think that's true for Amy and I, but we bicker occasionally. And we all have conflict at times. And we also know the truth that when you're in the midst of conflict, there is a reality. So there's a baseline reality that is underneath. So above that, when you're in conflict, what do you want to do? You want to win, right? That's the point. That's the reason you're in conflict. You want to win. Now, guess what the other person wants? They want to win. That's the reason they're in the conflict, right? But even baseline below that, there is a reality. What each of us deeply desire in those moments is that we want to be heard and understood. 
So yes, we want to win the argument, the conflict, the bickering, whatever it may be, and we've all experienced this. But even baseline below that, what we want is to be heard and to be understood. So even when we're in conflict moment, um, what we want from the other person is not this. That doesn't help anything, does it? In fact, we'll take a grunt if the grunt is... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Because that is, you're seeing me, you're hearing me, you're understanding or at least attempting to understand where I'm coming from. And I can't hear you and understand you if you don't hear me and understand me. We may not agree on the outcome, but the reality is relationally, we want to get to a place where we are heard and understood. And now with that, I think James, uh, Pastor James is wise also, but the James who wrote the book of James uh, has something pretty incredible to say. And I I just want to say thank you on behalf of a guy who has walked beside your pastor for the last eight, nine years for giving him a sabbatical. He needed one, and we've been telling him that. Uh, And so thank you all for doing that and blessing him and, and Shauna this month. We're praying for great refreshment for him, and I know uh, he was super stoked uh, to be able to, to do that. So you guys blessed them incredibly with that, and may God use that. So in launching this series, uh, I believe we'll get better as we kind of navigate how do we deal with our words. If you're a Christian here, then this is some spiritual insight and wisdom for us to adopt. Now, if you're not a Christian here, maybe someone invited you and they're going to take you to lunch and that's awesome. Make sure they take you to a good place. Um, but if you're not a believer yet, maybe you're kind of spiritually searching, I'm, what we're going to go over this next month, I think, will help you in your relationships, whether you believe in Jesus or not. Because the truth is Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. He actually has the best possible way to live. And if you were to put this into practice, it actually will bless you and bless your relationships. Now, if you're a Christian and a follower of Jesus, this is what the scripture writers are kind of saying. Hey, this is to be a part of how you live out relationships. Your mouth, your speech, your tongue are are important and vital to how we live. Now, here's the truth. How many of you learned to talk before the age of two? Yeah, most of us are babbling or talking before the age of two. Here's the truth. It takes us two years to learn how to talk, and it will take you the rest of your life to how to tame your tongue. No one gets out of this. This is an all-skate moment. And remember going to all-skate at the skating rink? It's an all-skate Everybody's included in this. No one sits this out. You learn to talk in two years, it'll take you the rest of your life to figure out how to navigate your speech and how you do this. So in James chapter one, if you have your Bibles, you can go there. Um, This is the word of the Lord to us about the word on words and our relationship. We'll look at James uh, one this week, James three next week. Here's what James writes. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, which I think is awesome anytime you read this, sisters in the room, in the first century, at the beginning of the church, you're included. And in the first century world, that was not the norm. 
But James is writing and saying, dear brothers and sisters, again, in all skate, this is for everybody and anybody. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, meaning pay attention, get out the pen. I want you to write this down. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And you skip down to verse 26. Those of you who consider yourself religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on your tongue. Deceive yourself and your religion is worthless. Hello. Hello. James, I love the book of James. He doesn't pull any punches, and he's kind of, it's like reading a fast-paced novel. He's got a lot to say, a lot of practical wisdom in life. Uh, the interesting thing is he, he's establishing a new rhythm here. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So just so that we internalize this a little bit, I want you to repeat after me. So we're going to say quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And we're actually going to say the word slow, slowly. Okay? So I'll go first, and then we'll repeat it and practice together. I know this seems elementary, but there's a reason we're doing this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You ready? Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now, this time with a little bit of funk or soul in it, okay? Ready? Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow whoa, 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 to speak. Slow whoa, whoa, to become angry. What James is introducing here is a new rhythm to how we relate one to another. This is not the rhythm of the world. It's not the rhythm of your world. It's not the rhythm that you navigate and that you swim through every Monday through Saturday. In fact, the rhythm that you and I are used to is everyone is quick to talk, fast to become angry, and they're, they're not quick to listen. Can, can we just do a little autopsy on our cultural moment that we live in? Do we live in a world that loves to tell people what to do and what they think? Do we live in a world that's quick to do that? In fact, we're so quick to do it, we don't even listen for information or the facts. Most conflict happens based on assumptions. We live in a political environment where no one is quick to listen. We're quick to yell. We're quick to give our opinion. We don't really hear. Or if we are listening, we're actually listening to retaliate. Isn't that what you do? Isn't that what I do? In most of my conflicts, when we're having conflict, everybody wants what when they're in conflict? to be heard, and to be understood. Most of us listen for a pause so we can launch in. Oh, yeah? Well, here's my ammo. Boom. And we're right back into it, right? 
Did I even hear what my wife or what my kids have said? Probably not. Because I didn't listen to hear and understand. I listened for you to stop long enough for me to launch into what I want to say. Because I want to be right because I am right and you're wrong. That is the culture. That is the rhythm that you and I swim in every single day. That's the rhythm of the world around us. Now, James is introducing an incredibly new rhythm for us to instigate and to put into our relationships. It's a fascinating thing. It seems very simple and very elementary, but I'm telling you, if it took you two years to learn to talk, and it's going to take you the next 98 years to learn how to do it rightly, this new rhythm is not going to come naturally. The way of the world comes naturally. But what James is introducing here is a new rhythm. Now, the interesting thing about James is who is James? James is the famous leader of the Jerusalem church. Did you know that? He's the one who's leading the Jerusalem church after the resurrection. What's interesting is James has a famous brother. Do you know who it is? It's Jesus. This is the Sunday school answer. Jesus is his brother. What's fascinating, especially if you're a skeptic or you're someone who's tuning in online and you're kind of searching out this Christian thing, you ought to get to know James because we don't see anything about James through the whole story of Jesus until after something happened. And then suddenly, James, the brother of Jesus, is leading the church in Jerusalem where something happened where he watched his brother die, crucified. And three days later, his brother got back up. Now think about this. If your brother says he's the Messiah, do you believe him? Probably not. That's why you don't read about James until after his brother became his savior. And Jesus backed up what he said he was going to do. See, something happened to change James' mind. Something happened. It was probably growing up years. I mean, think about living in the shadow of Jesus. Good grief. Could you imagine that? Man, he never does anything wrong. You know, of course Mary thinks he's the favorite. <laughs> like, just imagine as a sibling rivalry uh, being a part of that. And, and you are probably thinking he's on the crazy train. He's talking about being the Messiah and all that. And then you watch him get killed. And then three days later, you see him. Friends, that will change your mind. And it did for James. And James so much changed his mind that he became the leader of the Jerusalem church. So much so that he died a martyr's death. He was stoned to death and did not renounce his brother, more importantly, his savior, Jesus. Till his dying breath, here's what I know about things. If you lie and the screws get pushed to you, you confess. Because you don't want to face the consequences. But if you tell the truth and the screws are kind of pushed to you, you'll go to the dying breath with the truth. So if you're a skeptic in the room or watching online, man, you ought to get to know James. I think he's actually one of the best evidences we have 
about Jesus really being who he says he is and really dying on the cross and really resurrecting again because something happened that his brother would change and become the leader of the Jerusalem church. And so now he's writing to this church and he's writing about a lot of practical things about how to live out faith and how to be a follower of Jesus. This is how you put this into action. Something happened and James emerges as this leader of the church. You can read about it and Josephus writes about this, a Hebrew historian. And in this text that we're looking at, this little portion, he's introducing a new rhythm for us that's just as needed today in the 21st century maybe even more so than it was in the first century, 20 centuries earlier. And here's what he says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Pay attention, perk up, listen. Here's the new rhythm. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, quick to listen. Make listening your first priority. This is kind of what Jesus taught. When he gave us the golden rule and said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If everyone at the baseline wants to be heard and understood, then that starts with listening to hear and understand. Do you want to have better relationships? Then friend, listen to hear and to understand. Be quick to listen. Listen beyond the words Listen to the nonverbals that are being expressed. Listen to what's not being said and fill in the gaps. Ask questions. Oh, but Jack, if I ask questions, sometimes just people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then if I ask questions, they just, they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And anyone ever tried to like listen quickly or to speed someone up in their conversation? I have tried this. Um, and for 27 years, I've been married to a, a wonderful woman who, women, I, I give you credit, you have an incredible knack to remember every detail. I don't know how you do it. You have an amazing skill. And I love my wife, and she tells great detail. And I have found over the years, sometimes I'm like nodding faster. Because I'm, I'm at the point where I'm trying to listen to, okay, understand, but I'm like trying to get to the end. And... Like, I, I don't need to know the shade of the drapes. Um, like, I, I just need to know what happened in the room. Um, and so I, I, I say that because as a husband, uh, how many husbands in the room? Yeah, this never works out well, does it? And so if you are engaged, just know this. Listen. Um, and, and life will be better for you. And I'm still learning 27 years in. I, I got to listen because she needs to be heard and understood. And if I try to speed that up, I'm actually short-circuiting the relationship. I'm the one doing it. And I may not even express it, but non-verbally I am. It's when my eyes start darting around, when I start rolling my eyes. It's when occasionally you even do this down low, hoping that they don't see it, but you're kind of trying to subconsciously, okay. Um, yeah, that's never good. Don't do that. Um, but the reality is, we want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, get curious, ask questions. We live in a cultural moment where anxiety is a part of, of so many people's lives. If you ever find yourself anxious, you know the best thing you can do for yourself is get curious. 
If you find yourself dealing with anxiety and you're running a narrative in your own head that may or may not even be true, ask questions, get curious, because that is actually what leads to the truth. It leads to discovery within yourself and discovery within the conversation that's actually happening. That's how you get quick to listen because you're listening to understand. I love what Richard Foster says this. Let's discipline ourselves so that our words are full and few. We live in a cultural moment where we're swimming in a, a sea of communication. And as my mama always told me, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use it proportionally. Quick to listen, slow to speak. See, our world has a different rhythm. I'm quick to talk, slow to listen. James is saying, no, no, you want the new rhythm. You want the kingdom rhythm, which is you're quick to listen, and slow to speak. That's the godly rhythm that will lead to less conflict, will actually have you, let you have deeper relationships, more rich relationships. That's not the rhythm of the world around us. If you're a parent in the room, I promise you, if you practice this and try to instill this into your children, your grandchildren, to your teenagers, and <clears throat> I've got a teenage daughter. My youngest is 16. I have a 21-year-old, a 25-year-old, almost 25. I've tried this. You know my worst parenting moments? My worst parenting moments is when I was quick to talk and slow to listen. It's when I went with a worldly rhythm because that's what I know. It's, what I, it's innately within me. And I had to go back and apologize. One of the best things my dad ever did for me is show me, demonstrate how to apologize and how to own things. And I've had to go back and own things in conversation. You know what? I jumped to conclusions there. And, and I just, because I have more experience and because I have more authority, because my wallet's bigger, I just jumped to things. And I didn't really listen and hear your heart in that. Now, we may not agree, and I'm still in charge of you right now, and so here's how it's going to be. But I want you to know that I, I heard you and I understand you. And I'm sorry that you navigated that way. I'm sorry that, and that is the best way to deepen relationships. So think about this. Anyone or, I mean, any relationship you have, if you live by the worldly rhythm of talk fast, listen slow, or be slow to listen, then you will get the relationships that you're getting. But if you will go with the godly rhythm of quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, your relationships with your employees will get better, your relationships in your home will get better. Your relationships and your friendships outside the home will get better. Within the church will get better. The truth for our families is sometimes we can be so quick to talk because we're right. I'm right. You're wrong. And here's the problem. You can be right and you can write people right out of connection with you. You could be right. And I would ask you, are they still around? No. Have you talked to them in two years? No. But I was right. Okay. How's that working out for you? Sure, you were right, and you, you wrote them right out of a relationship with you. 
because you, you didn't seek to understand or, or, or to hear where they were coming from. You were right, and, and you died on that hill. Listen, it's okay to be right, but there's a way to be right and do it wrongly. And that, I think, is what James is drilling down deeper here. You want to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That is so counterculture to the moment we live in. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And slow to become angry is both a result and a decision. If you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you are less likely to become angry. And it's easier to guard against your anger if you're quick to listen and slow to speak. But if I'm quick to talk and I don't get around to listening, then my anger can flare up in a heartbeat. And some of you grew up in homes like that. And you know. Part of the things that you struggle with are the consequences of the worldly rhythm that was just a part of how you grew up. And I think that's why James is saying, listen, this is the godly rhythm that you're to have and you're to foster it within your context and within your reach. And I promise you, if you do, your relationships, your friendships will become better and you will receive a benefit from it. When we are speak quickly, with little attempt at listening or understanding, we tend to escalate situations. Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up what? Anger. Anyone ever been on the receiving end of a harsh word? Anyone ever given one? Yeah, we've all done this. This is what we see in the airport when we used to travel. Some poor gate agent is being yelled at. Do they, are they in charge of the plane? No. They're just there to help. But they're getting the wrath of someone who's had conflict and had their schedule, their agenda messed up. And they're getting the full brunt of it. And they have no power or no authority to do anything about it. But a, a, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Here's the formula to hold on to. The longer you'll listen, the more you'll learn and the less angry you'll become. The longer you listen, the more you'll learn about people. You'll learn about their situation and the less angry you'll become. Friends, if I could pray something for our culture, it would be this. Would we get better at this godly rhythm of quick quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because this will lead to better relationships. Think about this. Everything that everyone does seems right to them. Think about that. Everything that everyone says seems right to them. So when we are in conversation with someone, we hear them say something to go, I don't know how in the world you could think that. They actually think that's right. And so you can learn and try to educate people, which we can do. It doesn't mean I have to agree with everything that everyone says. I don't. But am I quick to listen and slow to speak, listening in to, 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 to hear them and to understand and be able to point toward truth in a way where I'm not angry and I haven't shut down the relationship? I want to be a person 
who gets better at this. Why should we live this rhythm out? Because human anger, James says, doesn't produce the righteous life God desires. It actually short circuits everything. It, it sabotages things. Don't say something permanently hurtful just because you're temporarily upset. I've done that. Anyone else with me? That's the shoe in mouth moment. There are three agendas when you're in a conflict. There's your agenda, there's the other person's agenda, and there's God's agenda. Typically in our conflict, my agenda in that moment is to win. I'm right. Your agenda is to win because you believe you're right. God's agenda is he wants this to be right. And if I don't listen to understand, if I'm not quick to listen or slow to speak or slow to become angry, then I can be right and write them right out of connection with me or vice versa. And God's saying, no, no, I want you not to be right at people. I want you to be right with people. And that takes, that takes nuance. That takes a new rhythm where you're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You don't want to win an argument and lose a relationship. You want to have influence. This is what Jesus gets to when he says, hey, here's the new command I have for you. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. I want you to do it this way. I want love to be the baseline of your relationships. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. See, sharing our opinions with one another is optional. Sharing our love with one another is not. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That rhythm is a godly rhythm. It is not easy. You know what's easy? The world's rhythm. That's why it does, that's why it happens. That's why it's natural, it's innate in our human nature. But what James is introducing here is find, develop, cultivate, navigate life with a new rhythm. You be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and you'll actually experience and be able to push out more of the love of Jesus in that. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with everybody. I want you to hear that doesn't mean I have to agree with everybody. I can be right, but I'm not going to write them off. I want to be heard and understood. I want them to feel heard and understood. I want the love of Jesus to begin to massage into this relationship because who's the one that has to convince someone who's maybe off base? That's Jesus. That's not my job. That's his job. But if I've righted them out of a relationship, then they're not in a position to be loved in a way that maybe God can change their mind in that. Henry Nouwen says this about listening. To listen is very hard because it asks so much of interior stability that we no longer need to prove ourselves by speeches or arguments or statements. True listeners no longer have an inner need or drive to make their presence known. See, if we don't get to the baseline of being heard or understood and we just live at the other thing of, I just want to win, 
Anybody can do that. That's natural. But a follower of Jesus, you've got to go deeper. It's got to have a new rhythm. Differences can be and should be invitations for us to dialogue, not be divisive. That is so countercultural to the moment we are in, friends. That is so anti the way things are to actually enter into dialogue versus just signing up with my tribe and saying, I'm right, we're right, you're wrong. No, I want to be seen and heard. I don't care. I'm right. No, no. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Can I just read this to you again? You've heard it. I know you know it up here. But I want you to know it in here. Here's what James is saying. My dear brothers and sisters, take note. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Skip down to verse 26. Those of you who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, you deceive yourself and your religion is worthless. Friend, if that was said in the first century to the church, how much more does that need to be said to the 21st century church because the world is watching and what they see often in the church is people who are quick to talk and quick to be right and they might be we might be but we've righted people out of relationship that's why James is saying no no here's a counterculture here's a new kingdom rhythm you should be quick to listen. Say it with me. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. So, Father, as we end our time today, um, man, that rhythm is so countercultural. It's so counter to our feelings. It's so counter to our, the emotions that get stirred up within us in the heat of conflict or the heat of the moments that we all have to navigate. Individually, corporately for your church as a whole. God, we want to get better at living with this new rhythm, this kingdom rhythm, this godly kind of rhythm of quick to listen. God, would you let that become our first priority? That people would feel seen and heard that we'd be slow to speak, that our words would be full, maybe fewer, that we'd be slow to become angry, just trying to write people out of relationship or connection with us. God, I, I, I believe in the cultural moment we're in, if we can get better individually, that starts with me. My family would be better. My relationships would be better. 
us corporately as your church, if we could get better at this godly rhythm, then I think you can leverage us as a voice for the culture in a way that maybe we don't even have a voice right now because we've fallen into the worldly rhythm. And so Jesus, I just ask for each one of my brothers and sisters here watching online, would you go to work this week for us? Would you help us to maybe even memorize James 1.19? That we'd be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That that would become more and more the rhythm of our days and our weeks and our months, our conversations with employees, with our family, with our friends. And God, would we see our relationships deepen? become richer, more beautiful. Through that we say, we pray for that in Jesus' name, amen.
you guys have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful 4th of July, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Go in his love.